You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. A new mock draft is up. I already have my complete seven-rounder, but now a special one looking at the first round with trades. So how five to six trades could shake up the first round of the NFL draft, uh, change the landing spots for several players and what teams are thinking there in that process. That's what we're going to do here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We're going to look at my mock draft, but look at it based on what I've done before for all these teams. So we'll take the first half of the first round today, and then we'll come back with the second half there, picks 17 through 32 on the next show. So we'll just go in the minds of these teams, what they're thinking, where they're leaning, give you an accurate projection so far of who's on the table for each of these selections here. And that kind of where this team might be looking at its offense or defense and uh, short-term, long-term, all that kind of consideration here to really go in-depth for every team. So we know we've seen a lot of mock drafts, a lot of different players uh, to each slot here, but we're going to just focus on the teams and what they might be thinking about doing when they're on the clock. So We'll dive right into it. Uh, We know what the Jaguars are doing at number one. This one is pretty easy. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the pick for the Jaguars, so they're going to go with the franchise quarterback. No questions there. And Trevor Lawrence has the big arm. Can't miss prospect. He's kind of uh, ready to go here. They might move to Gardner Minshew here at some point. Look to try to deal him, but he's also a good valuable backup now. He's pretty good starting experience and so not a bad guy to have there if they want Minshew there. But I think Minshew has some value to an outside team, the bridge or someone like that. So anyway, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the man here. We look as, at his weapons, DJ Chark, LaVisca Cheneau, the existing weapons. I think they could look to upgrade tight end a little bit in this draft uh, there I have them actually thinking about tight end in the second round there with Brevin Jordan of Miami we talked about him broke down his special qualities as a receiver there that would be a nice little additional target here and Marvin Jones the new uh, Jaguar he's very reliable you said goodbye to Chris Conley and Dede Westbrook and Keelan Cole so kind of reshuffling of this receiving core at the right time I think the the Jaguars have a pretty decent offensive line. Cam Robinson and uh, Joar Taylor are the offensive tackles here. And then you have a pretty good interior with Andrew Norwell and Brandon Lindell, or Linder. So when you look at this uh, offensive line, pretty solid. I think they could upgrade a little bit of tight end. They already got some veteran help at wide receiver. And he's in good shape to produce. Again, he could be a back-end uh, QB1. I think more of a solid QB2 here as a rookie. But yeah, Jacksonville certainly going to move forward here with Trevor Lawrence. The number two overall pick, also pretty easy at this stage. The Jets do not have a quarterback. They do have a couple, but no one that you're going to think about starting with Sam Darnold traded to the Panthers. So he is the guy, Zach Wilson, 6'3", 210 pounds from BYU. Pretty good 
accuracy, pretty good athleticism, pretty good arm. So he kind of checks all the boxes there as they move forward. Joe Douglas, the recent new GM, also the new coaching staff, Robert Sala, the head coach, and offense coordinator Mike LaFleur. Zach Wilson does everything you want there. So you look at Mike LaFleur, a lot of the stuff is moving around the quarterback, playing off the running game, those type of elements. We've seen it to a high degree of success. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP under Matt LaFleur there in Green Bay. And we've also seen Kyle Shanahan where uh, Mike LaFleur came uh, working with Sala and uh, how they can really uh, light it up in that offense. So when you look at that, I think the Jets wanted to settle on Wilson. They knew the 49ers were looming. 49ers probably interested in Wilson as well, but the Jets are going to jump them here at number two and get their franchise quarterback. And again, Wilson, we have to see how the weapons work out. Corey Davis, the key newcomer there. But again, I think Lawrence overall has better weapons and chance to do a little bit more in his rookie season than Zach Wilson is. The Jaguars, I think, are a little bit better overall team in certain areas than the Jets are here going into 2021. The number three pick, the 49ers have made the trade. This was the original pick of the Texans with their horrible record here last season. Then it was passed to the Dolphins because of the trade with Laramie Tunsil. So the 49ers are at number three. They're thinking quarterback. We'd say Mac Jones right now is the leader from Alabama, 6'3", 214 pounds. I'd say I'm going to give them a 60 to 70% chance that Mac Jones is the pick. I think... I'm giving them about another uh, 20% chance that uh, the pick is Trey Lance. And I'm giving about 10% chance that Justin Fields is the pick here. So, very aggressive trade-up from the 49ers. They are originally at number 12. So, weighing the options, I think you've got to look at this 49ers offense. Certainly some special weapons there. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. So this quarterback is going to step in a good situation, play off a good running game, play off a top left tackle. Now Trey Lance may need to wait to see the field a little bit. Justin Fields, a good chance to start. We have to see what happens there with Jimmy Garoppolo. That I think it's almost certain Garoppolo will be back as a bridge if Lance is the pick. It's uh, more 50-50 if Fields is the pick, and I think it's 100% that Garoppolo will be moving on if Jones is the pick. And uh, whoever inherits this 49ers passing game has some good potential. We know Jimmy Garoppolo has pretty much been a QB2 back end, uh, maybe deeply QB1 working out of this offense when healthy. So that's where if you look, it's a good situation. I think of all three of these situations, Lawrence uh, going to the Jaguars, Wilson to the Jets, and Jones to the 49ers, more an established offense there. So again, a field to Jones. Most likely to inherit this as a rookie, while Lance will probably wait here. And again, some special attributes in this offense. We've seen it at a high level. Matt Ryan was the MVP. Kirk Cousins was a viable streamer. Jimmy Garoppolo also had that status here. So if they're thinking that this quarterback at number three, even Jones with his high floor also has higher upside than Garoppolo, then it makes sense to uh, get that player in the lineup as soon as possible. So yeah, three quarterbacks in a row. The eighth time we'll have two quarterbacks in a row. Very rare to have three quarterbacks in a draft, but 49ers more certainly going that way with Jones. Now, let's look at uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I'm not tied to them taking a quarterback. They do like Trey Lance quite a bit, and they could stash him behind Matt Ryan, but they also like Kyle Pitts. So, I think right now, if they stay put, the decision is going to be, do we go with Lance on the upside and we want to look at him to the future? Or is Kyle Pitts going to help us better win now, position him with 
Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley help the quarterback we have who's making good money and has been pretty solid when he's getting the help in Matt Ryan. So those are the decisions, and I think it's a pretty critical decision for the Falcons. Otherwise, uh, they're thinking about now a little bit more. If they bring in Pitts, they already have Hayden Hurst. Hurst is going to be more relegated to blocking duties if Pitts is in the mix, kind of like the Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst situation there early in his career with the Ravens. So, again, I think Pitts certainly can thrive there, playing off Julio Jones and Ridley. But that's more an immediacy pick there for Arthur Smith, where Trey Lance clearly... Is not a pick for 2021. So big decision there. I think the Falcons could also think about a cornerback, but they did take A.J. Terrell. So they do have a young corner there that they can develop. Edge rusher is too early here for the Falcons. So I think in the ideal scenario, the Falcons will trade down from this pick and give them some options and maybe still end up with Pitts there with a slightly later pick in the top 10. So we'll watch that. But Trey Lance, again, would not be surprising if Arthur Smith attached himself to the North Dakota State quarterback if they stay put. Again, I think there's just a good chance that the Falcons go straight up with Kyle Pitts or try to trade down out of this pick. The final pick we'll talk about in this segment, the Cincinnati Bengals at number five. Now, Pinay Sewell has been the conventional wisdom here. 6'5", 325-pound offensive tackle from Oregon, but we also know that the Bengals could go in a different direction. They need maybe... An game-breaking tight end. They had C.J. Uzuma, and there were a lot of uh, good vibes with Joe Burrow throwing in the middle of the field. He's got T. Higgins there and Tyler Boyd, so that one extra target could be in play here. So the question is, does a target like Pitts or the top wide receiver on the board, Jamar Chase, do either of those guys have more appeal than trying to have the offensive line upgraded when you have Jonah Williams still having a potential there to be a good left tackle? He's a first-round pick in his own right. You did also sign Riley Reef a right tackle makeshift solution there on that side. So, do they take Sewell, solid rock pick that you know is going to give you what you expect, or do they go a little bit more volatile based on the pass catching nature of those positions with uh, either tight end Kyle Pitts or the wide out Jamar Chase, who played and thrived with Joe Burrow at LSU during the national championship run in 2019. So, again, protection over weapons. That's going to be the big decision for the Bengals there. And again, I think the protection can help Joe Burrow. I think the weapons can help Joe Burrow. And and don't get me wrong, if they go offensive tackle here, I think they can look for weapons later. They did get Higgins in the second round last year after taking Burrow number one overall. They've also found Tyler Boyd as a sleeper there that is really produced here. So they're not totally lost. They do have Auden Tate as their third receiver. So I think... Bengals go offensive tackle here. There's more certainly to go receiver in round two. Vice versa. If that happens, they go wide receiver here and look for offensive tackle there in round two. So, again, either way, Joe Burrow is going to be helped. His value is going to be boosted. And it's a good landing spot for a skilled player to work in the mix with Boyd and Higgins. All right, so there you have a look at uh, what the top five think teams are thinking in the 2020. One NFL draft, my mock draft special here, a little bit more beyond just one pick, just thinking and uh, where these teams can end up. I want to be comprehensive, all the options here for all these teams. And I also have to uh, remind you that this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into our life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 
Ten female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just to search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and light and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. Just check out the ring from uh, Platte Boutique, one of the designers. It is so simple and clean, but the vintage details are just incredible. It's a perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift. So if you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. you got to check out their six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. That goes along with 12 original flavors, classics such as salted caramel, double chocolate, toffee, almond, and peanut butter. And all the bars you get from uh, Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're truly the protein bar that tastes like a dessert. Built Bar is great for anyone who's health conscious. You can lose or maintain weight and still indulge in a highly delicious treat. All the bars you get from Built Bar, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for anyone on a keto diet. We told you about their classic peanut butter bar. Just get a hold of what they have in that. 19 grams of protein packed in there, 180 calories only. 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. So, yeah, you're getting something good for you. It's going to power you through the day. The ultimate protein bar is Built Bar. And once you get your first mix back, you want some more. It's better to have the variety, i found, is that you can have a different style of Built Bar every day to power you through the day. And whether you're getting on Built Bar for the first time or you're looking for your next box, this is the best time for it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use the lot ton. Locked 15, promo code that is, Locked 15, L-O-C-K-E-D, the number 15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we'll continue looking at uh, my mock draft and what teams are thinking while they're clock in the first half of the first round in a moment, but I do have to remember or remind you that this year the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get inside analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Alright, so let's uh, pick up where we left off at number six here with the Dolphins. And we talked about uh, the Bengals thinking about Jamar Chase. I think he'd be a great pick for the Dolphins. I think the two wide receivers that they should put on their radar most to help to attack the Oler are Jamar Chase, because they can use him as number one, versatile, working inside, outside, play up Devontae Parker, Mike Isecki, tight end, and Preston Williams there. So they just need more big playability. Jamar Chase can provide that. The next guy who would do that a little bit more than Devontae Smith would be Jalen Waddle, because he can get him out in an open field. He's got the quickness there as well as the field stretching ability. So Chase or Waddle, they need more big plays to help Tagovailoa. It was a very reined-in type of offense, and it was called out there in the second half of last season. Yet another coordinator change. They go with a co-coordinator system. So, again, Jamar Chase would be an excellent pick for the Dolphins. If not him, they would have to think about Waddle there or uh, potentially Kyle Pitts if they want to do some interesting sets here with uh, Gusecki. But offensive tackle, I think, could also come into consideration. But if... If a Sewell's not on the board, then I think they're going to lock in more with a wide receiver here in the draft, number six overall. So 
I think the Dolphins will lean more offense. I think in the order you go, I think you go uh, wide receiver first. I think offensive tackle next. And then looking at uh, tight end is a potential there for the Dolphins. But they've got another first-round pick of their own where they can target defense. A lot of picks to work with here with their maneuvering up and down the board. So really can hone in on the best offensive player available for their needs here at number six overall. The next pick we'll talk about here is uh, the uh, Detroit Lions. And uh, I like them taking a wide receiver. I think Devonta Smith might be the guy that shakes out for them. They need a classic number one here. They don't really have any receivers. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Kenny, and uh, Danny Amendola all gone here. So if Jamar Chase is off the board, I think Smith is a better play for them over Waddle because they don't need just that big play, Quotient Kai, right away. They need that classic number one can catch everything, run routes uh, there, and line up everywhere. That's the kind of receiver the Lions need here for Jared Goff. We've seen that profile with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup before. So I think Lions are going to be on the radar for wide receiver most of all here in the first round. They already took a tight end a couple years ago in Hawkinson in the first round, so you don't think they're going to go that direction. They already have a fine running back in DeAndre Swift here. Offensive tackle-wise, they're not too bad. I mean, I don't think that's totally a position to rule out. But again, I would think the Lions lean wide receiver, and I think Smith makes the most sense for them, especially if Chase is off the board over uh, Jalen Waddle and his teammate at Alabama. The number eight pick for now, I have the Panthers taking Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. But they're going to be on the lookout for Panay Sewell. I think they have to wait if Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle of Northwestern, is a good value here at left tackle at number eight. Is it a bit of reach? Is Caleb Farley the better overall prospect when they have some issues in the secondary and really need to complement Dante Jackson, A.J. Bowie not being an answer, some size there for the Panthers. I think the Panthers, again, should really think about trading down. They do have the power to do that. A pick ahead of the Broncos in this draft who presumably will be targeting quarterbacks. So of the two teams here in the top eight, I think the Falcons and, and Panthers, Falcons at four, Panthers at eight, are best positioned to trade down. So... Again, I would say the Panthers might lean to offense tackle. I think cornerback is the better pick here at the selection. I don't think they should think about quarterback after making a move for Sam Darnold. And they also can't rule out wide receiver if uh, they feel like Waddle can be special in their offense, replace Curtis Samuel, and uh, plug in next to Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. So the Panthers are a bit of a wild card, just like the Falcons, and that's why I think a trade down makes sense if you have multiple needs and you can address them with pretty good values a few picks later in this first round. The next uh, player that uh, we're going to look at here is uh, the selection for the Denver Broncos, Justin Fields, the quarterback from Ohio State. I really think the Broncos are going to go after Justin Fields regardless. They are picking ninth here, but I can totally see a scenario where they trade up a few spots to make sure they get their man here, especially if Trey Lance prompts something there at number four. They could also just make the trade with the Falcons there, number four themselves, so they get the quarterback of choice to beat the Patriots, Washington football team, and the Bears to the punch here to get Justin Fields. I think Fields is a better fit than Trey Lance because they want somebody that can start immediately here over Drew Locke. I don't think they're really sold on Drew Locke. I think the lumps he took last year was pretty indication that he was not going to be the guy here. Fields fits well with their supporting cast there. They have a tight end, good left tackle there, and Garrett Bowles. Pretty good running game. you got Jerry Judy, an up-and-coming receiver there, as well as Cortland Sutton, a big target on the outside that's returning. So Fields is a guy that you can get on the field faster, and that's why he might have the edge here. 
over Trey Lance if they came up with that decision and they moved up to go get him. If Lance is off the board, then Fields is a no-brainer if he's still available here at number nine, assuming no one has jumped them to pick uh, ahead of them with the Panthers there. But I think the way to circumvent all that is just go into the Falcons pick, get the guy you want, whether you have Lance or Fields on your mind. Just make sure you, if you've targeted one of these quarterbacks as being special, go get that guy. Don't settle for the kind of plan B option, especially when you're trying to really solve this position and get ahead Drew Locke. So Justin Fields to the Broncos at number nine or somewhere else in my mock draft. Let's go to number 10. The Cowboys have some interesting options. Now in this mock draft, Kyle Pitts is available. They are enamored with Kyle Pitts. They could uh, go after him there, put him at CeeDee Lamb, last year's first rounder, and uh, Mark Cooper and Michael Gallup to get some big plays. Offensive tackle right now, you have Tyron Smith and uh, Lael Collins. So you have some answers now, but you'll need some answers soon in the near future. You're breaking out a little bit. Smith is getting a little older. So do you go for the offensive tackle that's remaining there? That would be Rashawn Slater or Panay Sewell drops there. So I think offensive linemen, in this case in particular tackle, or cornerback are the picks. So I have them taking Patrick Sertain too. 6'2", 203 pounds, shutdown potential there, son of an NFL player, starred for the Dolphins here. So Sertan could really fit the Cowboys secondary well. They do have uh, Trayvon Diggs, another Alabama prospect in the secondary from last year. So again, uh, number 10, with the Cowboys, again, offense tackle corner seem to be the leaders here, and tight end being the, the luxury uh, curveball here if they go in that direction with the Pitts. Number 11, as we have our uh, next pick of three in a row from the NFC East teams. We've got the Cowboys, Giants, and then the Eagles following at number 12. I like the Giants taking Rashawn Slater. Nate Solder is breaking down. Andrew Thomas should be playing right tackle from last year, their first-round pick. So you move Thomas out there. You move Slater to the left side. Really help uh, both Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Put the last pieces in there. Get those bookends settled here for your offensive attack. you got the balance now with Barkley as a number two pick. You've got the help there with your offensive tackles. you got better wide receiver core in place here with uh, Kenny Galladay as your new number one. You have Sterling Shepard as your dedicated slot and the big play threat of Darius Slayton. You also have a second tight end here to help block and uh, take the pressure off uh, Evan Ingram in that capacity and Kyle Rudolph. So overall, you look at this and uh, Rashawn Slater makes a lot of sense. 6'4", 3'15", great pass protector. And he'll play Chase Young a couple times a year, and he's he's a matchup that uh, he won there in college there when Northwestern faced Ohio State. So all things to consider here as an ideal hog molly for one Dave Gettleman. All right, so there's now 11 picks broken out for you in the first half of my first round mock draft. We still have uh, 12 through 16 to get to. We'll get to that in our final segment, but... I do have to remind you that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over for now, but NBA, MLB, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards like this weekend's Academy Awards, TV shows in general, and reality TV competitions. Real-time update odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On, and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus with your initial deposit there on Bet Online. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to uh, see what the Eagles might be doing in the first round, all the way through our 16th pick, the Arizona Cardinals. 
right, it's time to close the show. This is Mock Draft Special Part 1 of the first round. We'll have Part 2 tomorrow on the network. And I also have to remind you, it's Mock Draft Week here on the Locked On Network. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Six episodes there presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lecanfor, and Brian Ballinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, so the Philadelphia Eagles are the next team on our clock. We had the Cowboys and Giants go on the clock before them. We had, to recap, uh, Sertan, the corner from uh, Alabama, going to the Cowboys, Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern go to the Giants. Now, the Eagles' ideal scenario is Kyle Pitts falls to them here. 6'6", 245. They're thinking about trading Zach Ertz, but I think they're holding on to Ertz just to see what happens here. They already have Dallas Goddard, but Kyle Pitts can essentially act as an extra receiver, playing off Jalen Rieger and Goddard, and they'll probably look for some wide receiver depth and help later in the draft as well if they go in the direction with Pitts. So he's the ideal pick. I think an also good pick for them would be Sertain or Farley if one of those corners drop here guy that they need to place in their secondary and have some shutdown potential there, clean up uh, what they have at cornerback. So I think if they don't go tight end, uh, cornerback makes a lot of sense. They could also stash an offensive tackle should uh, either Sewell or Slater drop there to number 12. Wide receivers also possibility should uh, Smith or Waddle still be available on the clock. So a lot of things the Eagles can do. That's why they uh, traded down a little bit, got out of that number six overall pick. Now number 12, they can probably still... Get an impact player at a position of need here. So I like that. The Eagles have some options. But I think their number one option if things uh, broke in their favor and maybe even a trade-up scenario if they really like him, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Now let's go to number 13. Their ideal scenario, or I think scenario, would be Jalen Waddle, the Chargers uh, falling to them as a third receiver. Now I don't see that necessarily happening too much here, they, maybe the Chargers would be interested in trading up because that's where you look at the cutoffs. Pitts is a special player that you would trade up for. If you have three receivers that you really like, the Chargers might be inclined to go up for Waddle once Chase and Smith are off the board or some other team. And then you look at the entry points at offensive tackle, Sewell, Slater, there's a little bit of drop-off for those two guys. So the Chargers could use either Sewell, Slater for left tackle. They could use Pitts to replace Hunter Henry. They could also use Jalen Waddle as a field stretcher to put them all over the field there to complement uh, the skills of Keenan Allen and be an upgraded, reliable player over Mike Williams. You can also use Waddle in the slot, so you can use 11 personnel when Williams uses big body on the outside to complement Allen and Waddle. So, yeah, Waddle would be an ideal pick if they went wide receiver, I think, for the Chargers. Pitts would also be pretty solid here if he's still on the board. I don't think that's going to happen without a trade-up, and I don't see the Chargers with multiple needs there at offense tackle, wide receiver, tight end, making that such move. So I think they'll wait for what shakes out here, and I think Waddle would be the ideal pick if he can fall to them at number 13. At number 14, you have the Minnesota Vikings. Right now they need some help on the left side of the offensive line. And Rashad Hill, not much there, left guard. So you look at the right side, pretty solid here for the Vikings. They've invested some good picks there, but certainly need to upgrade at number 14, 
overall offensive line should be on their mind as well as the middle of their defense. So I think that's another way they could go. Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. They could also trade down out of this with the Rick Spielman. There's a history of doing that and still getting some good values here. They had multiple first-round picks last year. They got uh, Justin Jefferson, which is a home run, and Jeff Gladney a little bit more precarious here as a corner. So offense tackle makes a lot of sense. You could start Vera Tucker at left guard if needed. You could uh, bounce him out to left tackle in time here. So help your running game, get an athletic blocker here. You got uh, Dalvin Cook, the zone scheme, how well he's performed with that. Pretty good line executing in that scheme. So again, Elijah Vera Tucker would really be a good fit for the Vikings if they stay put and go that direction and not choose to go offense. But I think an interior lineman of note is going to be on the Vikings radar. If not, just a straight up left tackle that they could look at as well with that type of uh, Pass protection potential. Number 15 is where I have Micah Parsons going now to the New England Patriots. You have Dante Hightower and Juwan Bentley are your two inside guys. Well, they're both free agents after the 2021 season. Hightower's old up there, just opted out of last season. Has had some injuries there as well. So you need some guy rangy to make big plays, be the line caller, make a lot of uh, kind of just decisions there on the second level, be an extra leader for this team, and Michael Parsons certainly has those qualities coming from Penn State. So, yeah, Michael Parsons is a pick for the Patriots, of course. The other thing the Patriots should be on the watch to do is trade up aggressively for a quarterback in the first round. You could also look at a trade down for the Patriots if they try to stockpile picks at multiple positions here if they're not thrilled about staying here and the quarterback is not an option. But certainly the Patriots have the... Ability with multiple picks here, 10 picks in the draft, that they can move up, slide up a little bit there to uh, make a move there for a quarterback of choice, either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. They can move up as high as number four to the Falcons, but maybe more realistically fall in line to number eight there with the Panthers to uh, make sure they're in position to get that quarterback. So Patriots are a big wild card in this draft, but if they stay put, I think defense is still the better value. They can look edge rusher a little bit depending on if Farley or Satane is available, look there. But uh, Parsons might be the fit here at number 15 based on the state of their linebacker core going forward. The Arizona Cardinals have a few options here. They could look at corner. If Farley or Satane drop, they can do a little trade-up for one of them if that's how things play out in the first round. That would not be a bad scenario here. You did lose Patrick Peterson. You signed Malcolm Butler, but you have Robert Alford as your second corner so you could get Farley or Satan to be the kind of a takeover there that position you could also look at edge rusher there's multiple options there Gregory Russo is who I have them taking in the current mock draft 6-6-260 some people like his teammate Jalen Phillips a little bit better I think it's pretty close I think Russo might be a little bit better for what they're looking for as a productive pass rusher there to replace Hassan Reddick and uh, kind of groom to take over for Chandler Jones to their primary pass rusher on the outside so Again, Cardinals should be interested in in an edge rusher, offensive tackle less of a concern or offensive guard. For the Cardinals, cornerback should also come into play. So I see Arizona really upgrading the pass defense. They took Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker, last year out of Clemson. So now focusing on the front or the back end seems to make sense for their defense while they don't have a lot of pressing stuff on offense with Kyler Murray and the unit. There, I think you'll definitely see them in the market for running back in the later round. I think this is a little too early maybe for their taste, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Najee Harris going here from Alabama to the Cardinals either at number 16. So 
Cardinals are a wild card. Totally, they could trade up, trade down, much like the Patriots here, look for value. And you could say the same for the Vikings as well. Uh, some of the values and uh, position needs and players at those positions are a little lumped together here at this stage in the draft. So I think you'll see a little bit more action in the middle than you see there in the top 10 here with potential trades and moving up and moving down for teams in the draft. All right, so there's a look at uh, picks number 1 through 16, the teams on the clock, what they might be thinking, who I'm mocking them to take, who I think they also could take there. So a comprehensive look at those picks. We'll do that again with picks 17 through 32. We know we have some repeat teams, including the Dolphins uh, and Jets going on the clock again. So we'll break that down all for you there. So what teams are thinking 17 through 32 on our next show as we handle Mock Draft Part 2. Thanks so much for listening to Mock Draft Part 1. This has been Vinny Iyer for Lockdown Fantasy Football. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.